Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. All pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Kelly and Dalton at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Luke over in Laurel at the First Bank Studio at our Laurel location. We're glad you're with us around the state this afternoon. Monday edition of the Eagle Hour opening segment. Sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. It's uh, the holidays are here, and Dickie's can cater your holiday for you. You can buy individual turkeys or hams, or you can get the entire holiday feast. You can sit back during the holiday season, relax, and let Dickie's do the cooking. And we thank them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Will Freeman, former Southern Miss football player, is going to join us here in just a moment. Lee Roberts later in the show. Want to say happy Veterans Day to all the veterans that may be tuned into the Eagle Hour. And Kelly Sander, you and I. We're at the uh, Eagle Hour slash Papa John slash Hooters slash Keith Co. Veterans Tailgate Saturday on campus. And we had an enormous turnout of soldiers, didn't we? It was a beautiful day, a great day to celebrate, you know, Veterans Day weekend. And a lot of them were from the South Haven, you know, Mm -hmm. area. And it's just really cool, too, Bob, because every one of them came up, you know, Sir, everything was sir. Hello, sir. Right. Thank you, sir. How how are you today, sir? Um, and you know, when you're not used to in today's vernacular being addressed like that, it's right. it's it takes you back a little bit, but it also it's just really cool. So it's refreshing to be around them. They are really the best of the best. It was it was great to be around them, and um, and Southern Miss had a great win. The weather was perfect. Couldn't, couldn't have been much better than Saturday. Yeah. So we're very happy to be a part of that Saturday and uh, want to extend our, our warmest wishes to all the veterans that may be tuned in to today's program. Will Freeman was a uh, 6'6", 275-pound football player for the Golden Eagles. And chances are he's still 6'6". I don't know about the 275. <laughs> Let's ask him. Will Freeman joins us. He, uh, he played for the Golden Eagles through the 2015 season, 2012 to 2015, to be more precise, from Flowood, Mississippi, Northwest Rankin High School. Will, my partner, wants to know if the 6'6", 275 is still applicable. Well, they, uh, they actually they, they kind of shorted me a little bit there towards the end of my career there. I was at about 290, 295, but I've, I've, luckily I've slimmed back down to about 275 after my playing days. Well, done, there so. you go. Okay. Well, look, we're glad to have you on the show. And uh, I know you uh, had a great uh, career at uh, Southern Miss. You went on to play some Canadian League football, I understand. Uh, tell us your story. What brought you to Southern Miss, Will? Well, I grew up a Southern Miss fan. It was probably, you know, it was actually. It was the only place I ever wanted to go play football at. I remember going my very first game. I can't remember what year it was, but we beat. Uh, UAB two to nothing, and uh, I remember looking at my dad going, "I want to. That's what I want to do. Like I want to play for these guys." And uh, I grew up a Southern Miss fan and, and loved the loved the game. And I just was played football at Northwest Rankin, and uh, after my last year there, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship and ended up there. 
Now, it's not always, you were probably a big kid always growing up, weren't you, Will? Well, I was always tall. I looked yeah. like a I looked like a beanpole. I got told that if I you know turned sideways and stuck my tongue out, it looked like a zipper. Um, so <laughs> I was uh, I was really skinny. Uh, I didn't really gain any weight until I got to Southern. Uh, I, I credit a lot of that to um, the great strength staff we had. Uh, Michael Brinson, who was a player turned strength coach, really helped me out with a lot of that. So, uh, did you growing up as a kid? Did you do the soccer thing and travel baseball thing and all that sort as well as football? You know, it was uh, my my parents kind of let me play whatever I wanted to, and I uh, I told them pretty early on that I wasn't a big fan of soccer, uh, and I just wasn't very good at baseball. I couldn't that that, that little white ball come screaming at me at however many miles an hour scared the crap out of me. I could hit a lineman full speed, but that baseball scared scared me to death. So I uh, I played basketball in high school, but that was that was about it. That would make sense, too, if you're that tall and lanky that they'd uh, post you up on in the inside, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny. I didn't play until high school, and a bunch of my teammates told me, yeah, you need to go try out. And, and I think I had about 10 rebounds off my own missed shots, but after that, the coach decided <laughs> to give me a shot. So. Well, it was just so you could prove that you could rebound the ball. Yeah. Exactly, right. exactly. Uh, Luke, well, uh, welcome Will Freeman to the Eagle Hour. Well, uh, great to have you on, man. Remember watching you play, and and you you came in in a unique time. You played for uh, you know several different head coaches at Southern Miss. Uh, be totally honest with us, because we've had a lot of uh, your teammates on. In the middle of the 2012 season, was there ever a time your freshman year that you thought you'd made a wrong decision coming to Southern Miss? You know, and that's the thing is, uh, I I was that season was disappointing. We were a lot more. I stand by the fact I say that that is. Uh, probably the second or that's probably the, the second or third most uh, talented Southern Miss team that I played on. Uh, arguably the second behind that 2015 team. But I personally, I knew that Southern was where I, I belong, um, and I think I may be, I may be in, in probably the, the the minority there. But it was uh, it was home for me, and I knew that it didn't matter how bad it got. You know, I was going to see it through and, and make it better. We've, uh, we've asked this question to a lot of guys. Uh, what caused, when Todd Munkin came in, what caused uh, the locker room to change and what caused you guys to look around and say, we can rebuild this program? Um, I think a lot of it came from uh, belief from, you know, belief not just in each other but from our, our coaches. You know, we felt like, especially when, when Coach Munkin came in, Coach Munkin, you know, he was going to ride or die with whoever was in that locker room. And you knew that, and you, you know, as brutally honest as he could be, uh, you knew that Coach Munkin was there for him. He was there when you needed him, uh, and he was going to stick up for you, and he was going to do right by you. And I think that uh, meant a lot to the guys, um, just how, how honest he was and how straightforward he was with it. Well, you were you were there when uh, you, you broke the losing streak, correct, against UAB? I was correct. Okay, you know I remember at the time uh, was a week or so after that, and the athletic director then told me, "If you haven't seen the video of Todd Munkin with these boys after winning that UAB game, go home and make sure you look at it, and that'll convince you that the right man is here." And I got to tell you, I did. I did exactly that. I went home and I and I watched that that night and. I was just I was amazed at, at the compassion and love that you could see coming from Todd Munkin toward all of you guys. That that was one win I understand, but that had to be a, 
a moment so special that uh, you'll remember that for a long time after the game in that locker room? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we were all, you know, you know, we all knew that, that it was coming and we just had to keep fighting for it. And when we finally got it and broke that streak, you know, we knew that the road wasn't over by any means, but the, you know, the road to getting Southern Miss back to, you know, that winning tradition and who, who Southern Miss is was, it started that day. And that was something that we all took a lot of pride in. We were so happy that, you know, through all the struggle and through all the fight, you know, we, we got it done with each other. So that was a, you know, that was, that was pretty special. How important was it to win that game, though, being that it was the last game of the year? How big a difference did it make to have that monkey off your back when you went into the next season? I think it was just good for us because we were like, all right, we, we can do this. Like, we know we can do this because it doesn't matter how, you know, excited you are or, or strong-willed you are. If you haven't done it in a while, it kind of creeps into the back of your head. You know, you start getting kind of worried. But we, uh, you know, we went into that next season. We thought, you know, all right, we're, you know, we know we can do this. Let's let's put the work in to get it done. Well, as a defensive end, you know, the offensive linemen always get credit for being pretty cerebral, pretty smart guys. A lot of offensive linemen go on to have successful NFL careers as head coaches. But defensive ends in particular, all due respect, but their only job is really to go after the quarterback, right? There's there's a little bit more to it than that, but but it's the basis of it, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, easy instructions. Hey, big fella, go get number whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you had to have a little bit of a mobility there. Like they, what skill set did when you were being recruited? What skill set did you bring to the table that they particularly liked? Well, they uh, the main thing for me was that that I and the thing that I heard consistently when I was getting recruited was that I was. I didn't stop. You know, I had the I had one speed from the time the whistle sounded in the first quarter to the time it was over in the fourth, and that was that was full go. Um, I think that was probably the biggest thing. Plus, it helped that I was six foot six because there, you know, you can you can coach up, you know, a chop move. You can coach up pursuit to the ball, and you can coach a guy to get the keys. But there's just some things you can't coach, and being six six is one of them. So. Right, Will. Where are you now, and what are you doing? I understand you're coaching now. Yes, sir. I am. I'm actually. I'm back coaching at my uh, my old my old high school at Northwest Rankin. I'm coaching the uh, defensive line. I know you guys came to Oak Grove uh, and suffered a defeat Friday. Did that? Did, are you guys in or out of the playoffs? Well, uh, unfortunately, that ended our season. Ah. Uh, that game. So credit to Oak Grove. They played a great game. All right. Well, well, it was a great conversation. We enjoyed our time with you, young man. And, uh, we thank you very much for coming on our show. Yes, sir. Thank you. Y'all have a good one. All right. Will Freeman, everybody, former defensive end and now a high school football coach from the Golden Eagle football legacy. All right. When we get back, we'll take a look at what happened around Conference USA. It was a bad day for Hogs, Kelly. A good day for Eagles, though. A good day for Eagles, and we'll let you know how everything stands. Stay with us. Eagle Hour continues after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Boy, oh boy, the things that go on around here during the breaks, huh? 
I want to thank Will Freeman for joining us on the Eagle Hour. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Kelly, I know you've probably already bought my Christmas gift, but if you haven't, 2XL, XXXL, well, I like it. Campus Bookmark. Oh, who are you going to give that one to? <laughs> it's 2XL. You ain't fitting in that one, pal. Uh, Campusbookmark.net. <laughs> Not on a good day. If you're listening in other parts of the state, pay no attention to what Sanders says. How many hot dogs I see you eat the other day? Three, well, we've lost track. Yeah, three or four. One of those Jerry Lewis telethon uh, boards up there. Yeah. How about, did I not tell you the Eagles were going to win in a rout? I said they're going to blow away UAB. It's just it's going to be a throttling. Uh, yes, they did. And, you know, anytime you win a game on national television, that's a good deal. And they were on national TV. Uh, and uh, the NFL network is just doing an incredible job promoting Conference USA and and uh, did a great job uh, with the football game Saturday. So anytime, uh, anytime you can win a big game like that on national TV, I think it helps a lot. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Southern Miss. They, they were the better team on the field. I couldn't help but think, and I forget who the guest was that said something to us last week that questioned the wisdom of UAB scheduling a road game against an SEC team in November, and thus your quarterback gets hurt. And and you see the effects of what happens when you lose your quarterback. I don't think it would have made any difference. No, Bob. I'm not yeah. saying it would have, but yeah. I'm saying that really yeah. hurt that football team. Yeah, it, but and Southern Miss had a bye week too. Right. You know, so the Eagles had had two weeks to prepare. But uh, but as as Patrick McGee wrote in his column last week, that game was so important for Southern to win in more ways than one because a lot of people were going to measure that game as to where where Coach Hobson has the program at this point. It was a convincing win. It was a thorough win. It was a throttling of a team that uh, that was battling for first place in that on that side of the of the ledger. Now they've still got some work to do uh, with w- Western Kentucky, who is just on fire. Right. right now, and right. Uh, the Lane Train, which might have to be renamed here if he winds up going to Arkansas. So they've still got some more work to do, but man, what a great win for the Eagles. Good right. for them. Florida Atlantic beat Florida International 37-30. to Louisiana Tech just stomped North Texas 52-17. to Charlotte beat UTEP 28-21. Texas San Antonio, which I believe would be the Golden Eagles' next opponent, beat Old Dominion 24-23 in Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky goes to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and beats, can we say this, beat an SEC team 45-19. to And so badly that the Arkansas coach was promptly fired after that game. Right. So Louisiana Tech, uh, I hate to say it, but they look good. They're sitting in the Western Division uh with a game lead over Southern Miss, eight and one, five and zero in conference play. Southern Miss now second, six three, four and one in conference, followed by UAB, Texas San Antonio, which by the way is four and five. North Texas, Rice, and UTEP. Over in the East, Florida Atlantic uh, is in the commander's seat, seven and three, five and one in conference play. Right behind the Marshall, six and three, four and one in conference play. Uh, followed by Western Kentucky, Charlotte, Florida International, Middle Tennessee, and Old Dominion. But I think La Tech goes to Marshall this week, so that'll be a that'll be a big game. Southern Miss fans. So are bottom up. line, uh, Luke Johnson is that the Golden Eagles have to win out, and Louisiana Tech has to lose two of their last three games. Two of their last three games are on the road, though. They play Friday night against Marshall, and then they go to UAB. 
But uh, Saturday was what the what you what you wanted as a Southern Miss fan. I, I'll, I'll go back and say this: it really helped uh, put the game away. Dylan Hopkins, you know, playing he he looked lost in the headlights out there. Both of his interceptions that he threw, the one he threw to Shannon Showers was just a can of corn. I mean, Showers just stood back there, played center field, and then when DQ Thomas got the pick six, I don't know who he was throwing to. There was two defensive backs over there. They were running a deep out, probably eighteen to twenty yards down the field. He threw the ball like twelve yards. And, I mean, DQ just stepped in front of it went to the house. So both of those interceptions probably would not have taken place had the starter been in there. On the other hand, uh, on the offensive side, uh, happy to see us move the ball up and down the field and happy that Andrew Stein continues to be on fire from the field goal range. Would have liked to have seen us um, you know, convert a few of those uh, in, into touchdowns rather than field goals. And then... I don't know what Jalen Adams was doing on that punt return, guys, that set up the safety. I mean, he fielded the ball on the two-yard line. And, and you know, one of the things that UAB did did do that we talked about coming in, they could create some havoc, and they got a lot of penetration on their offensive line. They sent those backers, and that's what led to the safety. Was happy with a Perkins run. Uh, most of the, I think, 78 of the 161 yards we got was on that one run. Um, really didn't do much on on the ground, but Jack didn't make any mistakes in the passing game. And, and for the second game in a row, our defense was absolutely dominant. And the kicker, the, the freshman uh, that you just mentioned? Player of the week. Yeah. Andrew Stein. Andrew Stein. There you go. Yeah, he was he was named uh, Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Week, so good for him. Old Eagles have a history of good kickers. Yeah, they really have. You hear about quarterbacks all the time, and they've put their, their some linebackers in the league too, but, uh, but kickers have had some really good, consistent kickers one, over the years. One thing I want to get your guys' take on um, Steven Anderson gets 13 carries. Uh, Perkins with six. Uh, D. Mike Harris with six. No sign of Travinsky Mosley anywhere. Yeah, I guess he's probably done for the year, maybe, huh? Well, unless he has, unless it, the, I like the fact, and it seems to be a trend even in the NFL too, where you know they're trying to save treadwear. They they well, that know, could be. They yeah, know what a be. beating these running backs yeah. take. You know, yeah. uh, back in the old days when O.J. Simpson and those guys would run it 35 or 40 times a game, now it's unusual to see a back carry it more than maybe 18 times a game, mm-hmm. you know, but using two or three different yeah. guys. Right. So, right. Well, uh, one, it was a good win more. for the Golden Eagles, but, you know, guys, I'm going to tell you, and you're both going to laugh at me, this this game this coming week makes you a little nervous. I mean, you, you know, you're going, you're playing in a difficult place. Team that uh, struggling a bit, but has the capacity to, uh, you know, to win. Is it a trap game, Luke? Uh, in some ways, uh, there should be. You know, Eagles are seventeen point favorite. First lines, um, they they should go out there and take care of business. But you feel like uh, Louisiana Tech's best team in the conference right now. But you feel like uh, you you play really good against North Texas. You feel good about yourself. Um, and then, you know, you, you get beaten. Um, here, here's the thing. UAB is, is not a six and three football team. No, they're, they're not. They're not. You guys and, right and based that. off the comp. And, and so, um, you, you can't take great pride that you just blew out a, a, a six win team when who they are without their starting quarterback and who they are against their competition. They're not a six win team. So, uh, you, you're thankful for the win. It's a great win. It's a great win at home. It gives you momentum, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're as good as maybe you think you are. And that's, that's, you cannot have the relapse for Louisiana Tech going into this game. No, but, but I would like to offer this up for your consideration that when, when UAB went to Tennessee last weekend, the volunteers did no better job of beating UAB than, than the Eagles did. 
You know, so you know. Well, that's because Tennessee's new slogan, guys, is to the top. Yeah, did you see that? I mean, we you know that, don't you? Yeah. Oh well, our attorney will be in touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our attorney will be in touch. I sent it. I sent it to Bob this morning. Jeremy Pruitt uh, on. Uh, I guess it was on Friday. They were sending a, a a new thing, but it's not T O the top. It's the number two, the top. So you know, good copy, uh, copy top Tennessee, copy top. Because they don't that's, have enough money to have now. a marketing department that could come up with something original, right? I guess, I guess not. But Who but knows? the UTN. It's interesting to note too that the two best games the Eagles have played this year have both come off of bye weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's North Texas and now, oh, yeah. now UAB. But I don't think if the Eagles continue to play like this, no, UTSA is not going to be is not going to be a problem. They're not going to be, but if it be, it being on the road, it being a team you're supposed to beat. Here's the thing. Uh, the Western Kentucky game, if it was on the road, I would be extremely scared of that one. It's right. at home. I feel better about it. But it's setting up. FAU's first uh, in, in the East. That's going to possibly be the hardest game the Eagles play this year. I think so, too. In conference. Well, the, the last two, Western Kentucky and Florida Atlantic, both are – I think it'll be challenging games. But the Eagles are, are clearly a different team at M.M. Roberts. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they've been on the road. And look, I know people were coming out of the Rice game going, oh, 20 to 6 or whatever it was. Look, anytime you go on the road in any conference and can win, that's, that's a good thing. You know, because you, you got, and then you hold serve at home, you're going to be a bowl team every year. Right. You know, guys, what just frustrates me, and I, I guess it has for some time, but it's really frustrating. Now, you're right. The team's 6-3. and three, The guys are playing well. Uh, looks like there's going to be a bowl season, and you continue to struggle with these crowds. And you got UAB in town. You got perfect weather. I mean, it was like a chamber of commerce yes. day. And, you know, you're not drawing any bigger crowd. Anybody got any ideas? Excuse makers will always find excuses, and of course, the big one and convenient one on Saturday. Oh, please, I know. I know. I, so I, you don't even have to say it, but yeah. but uh, so I'm I'm just saying, excuse makers are always going to going to find excuses. Right. But at some point, uh, if if the community doesn't ante up or or show up, um, you know, the word will come down. Okay, well, we're going to go, you know, go to the Southland Conference or one double A or you know something like that. Then you'll or, see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we'll just be like the old school, play four conference games at home, go on the road for everything right. else there and make a bunch of money. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right, Luke. All right, when we come back, Lee Roberts joins the radio program as the Eagle Hour rolls right along. Southern Miss to the top. 
Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, just in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium. Lunch specials, check them out on Facebook uh, to see what's going on at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Well, it's Monday. Lee Roberts joining us on the phone to recap the Eagles' 37-2 victory over UAB. Uh, it was a good day, Lee. Um, you uh, Seven out of the last eight Golden Eagles have dropped this uh this in this series, uh, but they bounced back. Defense was dominant. Your your take on Saturday's win? You know, I felt like we did everything we needed to, you know, to secure the win. It was obviously a game that, you know, not a must win, but it definitely was one of those games where we felt like we needed to. And you know, we kind of got that monkey off our back. Got that sixth win. We, you know, finally beat UAB. They've had our our number uh, for some time now, and so I thought again defensively. You know, we played about as good as we could play. Special teams made some plays, and again, offensively, they they played well enough to to get the job done. So credit the coaching staff for having the guys ready. And you know, anytime you go into a game and you know not not sure about who their quarterback is going to be because Johnson has gotten hurt the previous game, it's kind of one of those things you you kind of wonder about and you kind of have to figure it out as we go. But felt like the defense put so much pressure. Uh, Early on, it, it was it was all dominating defense, defensively for the Eagles. Coming into this game, there was a question about who had the better receiving core, UAB or Southern Miss. Has Quez Watkins, especially with those two catches, has he solidified himself as the best receiver in Conference USA? You know, I haven't had the chance, obviously, to see every receiver, but I'm gonna go out on limb and say he's he's one of the top for sure. And you know, we we do have a a tremendous core of receivers and, and one guy that's kind of come on his own is Tim Jones as well and finally got his first touchdown but you know originally back back to Quez I mean he's just one of those guys that can stretch the field he, he knows what's going on he's very comfortable uh, doing everything that he does on the field and obviously he and Jack Abraham have that connection and it's, uh, it's been huge, and I think it's going to continue to get to be huge for the Eagles. Lee, the, the two best games, in my opinion, that the Eagles have played this year was the one Saturday against the UAB and then earlier against North Texas. Both games, the Eagles were coming off of bye weeks. Is that purely by coincidence? Because I know a lot of coaches don't like the bye weeks. It kind of ruins their, their momentum. You know, I, I just I think it, the bye weeks fell perfectly because those two games were huge games for us. And, uh, yeah, obviously, Obviously, um, you know, they had that extra week to prepare. And, you know, even talking to Coach Billings last week before the game, he said, you know, you kind of have a tendency sometimes to over-prepare. And, you know, so do you do that in an open week? Do you over-prepare? Um, you, you probably do, but, but in a sense, too, I think you or you watch enough film, you almost know what they're going to do. And that's, and that's what you have to do. And, uh, you know, we did. We came out and played our two best ball games. And, and obviously – you know, obviously after the North Texas game, we went and played La Tech, didn't play well. So this is this is the biggest week of the season because you got a road trip, got to go to San Antonio, and um, you know you gotta you gotta go play well. Oh yeah, but they're lousy. We ought to be able to beat them even if we don't play our best game. Um, but but I want to ask you at this point in the season, Lee, if there was if there were any red flags of any part of the team, any part of this team that you'd like to see that really needs to to get better, you know, down the stretch. Is there any particular area that is a concern as you look at it from above? You know, I would say this. Obviously, in the red zone, we want to come away with touchdowns. You know, Andrew Stein had the opportunity to kick multiple field goals Saturday and extra points and was perfect on Saturday. But 
and you would love to come away with more red zone touchdowns. So I would say that's one thing I think you you would want down the stretch to to be able to do. But you know, offensively, I feel like we're we're getting kind of in sync. The running game, I feel, is is getting better, offensive line wise. You know, they're they're working hard, continuing to do well, and and then obviously, kind of the early part of the year, I felt like defensively, you know, we were getting beat, you know, down the field. But again, we're playing teams. You know, like Alabama, we're playing teams like Troy that throw the football well, and you know, kind of this back half of the season, I feel like the, the secondary is starting to play well as uh, as they can. So, so the problems in the red zone is it is it uh, is it more play calling issues or is it execution issues? No, I think it's just you know guys just not executing. Um, you know, I think it's just the little things you got to work on. I mean, obviously, you want to be good in the red zone. Any team, you know, coming away with points is is a huge thing, but. You know, one thing that Coach Faulkner has, has focused on and had his team try to focus on is scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And I know that's one area he wants to get better. And, you know, obviously that's, that's what we've got to do. But it definitely comes down to just execution. All right, Lee, last two games of the year are against the two or the one and two teams in the East, Florida Atlantic and Marshall. But before you get to that, you have to go on the road, play a team that's below 500, but only a game below 500. As a player – what do you have to do to keep your focus on on San Antonio and not be looking ahead to Florida Atlantic and Marshall, realizing that they're at the top of the league? Uh, how do you avoid that trap? You know, as a player, you just take it one week at a time. And obviously, you know, we know how tough it is going on the road and playing. I mean, we played against a rice ball club that, that wasn't great. And we didn't play great, but played good enough to win. And so I think just being a road game just kind of puts that uh, extra pressure on you. And, and so going out to San Antonio, again, a team that is, is below 500, not playing their best ball. But yet Coach Wilson, he's, he's got a team that is motivated. They're a young team that's wanting to do well. And, and, and right now, you know, we, we just kind of have a target on our back. I think teams are just wanting to knock us off, whether it's San Antonio or the next week against Western Kentucky or uh, Florida Atlantic. So, as a player, you just gotta you gotta remain focused and take it one week at a time. And the Alamo Dome is not an easy place to go play, is it? You know, it's not. It's a it's a neat atmosphere, but it's a it's a big dome. It's not going to be a whole lot of people there, so the crowd noise won't be uh, much at all. So, you kind of have to create your own uh, momentum and crowd uh, generated noise there, kind of create your own energy. So. But we've played there before. We know we know what to expect. The guys have been successful there, and you know, again, hopefully they'll have a great week of practice and, and go play. But it's a neat it's a neat stadium, though. We, I like going to the Alamo mm-hmm. Dome. So, on a scale of one to ten, how perfect was the weather Saturday, Lee Roberts? You know, the weather to me in the press. Oh, you talking about outside? I was yeah, going to say, yeah. how would he yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, it, it was fabulous. It, you know, I think it could have been a colder game if it would have been a later kick so i think the timing of a 230 kick worked out really good for us and uh you know the weather was was perfect it's about as that's about the way it will be saturday in the alamo dome it'll be perfect temperatures again (laughs) and it won't rain will it you're guaranteed it's not going to rain saturday not in the dome at least all right my friend we appreciate you every week and uh three to go so uh three big games coming up uh, a lot in store lee you know the golden eagles could conceivably have a 10 win season if they can uh play well here in their last three games and then a bowl game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a, a lot still at stake. Our goals are still intact, you know, to to win the West. We've still got to have some help out um, from other teams, but 
I think a lot of goals are still intact, and you're right. And we just got to take care of, you know, the little things, do uh, what we do best, and uh, hopefully go get a, another win this weekend. And remember, even those cross-section losses, like, for example, La Tech playing Friday night against Marshall, that counts. Yeah, it all counts the same. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. So yep. it's and I and I and I don't know. Next time we get somebody on from Conference USA, I'd like to know how the schedule's made too, because we didn't get to play Old Dominion. They're crappy. Charlotte's no good. We didn't get to play them. You know. We, oh, but we do get to play West West Kentucky and Florida Atlantic, who happen to be at the top of the heap. You know. Yeah, and you know, last year, I mean, you know, we we played last year. We did have Old Dominion and Charlotte, and didn't, and didn't play well against those games. So I think you play. You know, two teams from the opposite side of the conference for two consecutive years, and then it kind of rolls. Um, you know, so kind of kind of an interesting thing. But, but we can all yeah, agree. we've got the tough ones. We, we can all agree, guys, first you take care of San Antonio. You don't be thinking about what Florida are, Atlantic and Marshall. What are you rightly. worried about? Well, Mar- we don't play Marshall. Florida Atlantic. Florida and <laughs> Western Kentucky, am I rightly? That's right. Florida Atlantic and Western Kentucky. But, right. but no, I think you gotta you got to be ready for this weekend for sure, though. All right. All right, buddy, we know you will be, and we look forward to uh, to hearing your description of it next Monday on the Eagle Hour. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Lee Roberts, everybody, and I always appreciate Lee's contribution. What are you worried about UTSA for? I've been, I've been following Southern Miss a long time. You know, the Golden Eagles have a slogan, we soar like eagles, and from Time to time we lay a big egg, so I'm just not I'm not I'm not a hundred percent confident until the game plays. Oh, I am. I, I, have, you've seen a couple of those eggs, haven't you, uh, Luke? Uh, about a baker's dozen. Yeah. So uh, tip, typically there's typically there there's a few of them. You know, but yeah, I mean it was a it was a few years back, guys, where where we're looking at what happened. I mean, we should have destroyed these guys. In 2016. So 2016, the year that we go to Kentucky and win. You remember that? We yeah. got beat 55-32 to 32 out there. I know. I'm telling you. And you still know. Two years ago, we went by two points. Last year, we went by ten points. So it's, it's not a given. Every time we go out there, it's always a close game. Well, that's exactly right. And uh, that's in college football. That's in pro football. Look at some of the games in the NFL yesterday. Teams that you never thought would have a chance to win, did. So I just say you never know, Kelly. Like the Falcons, perchance? Well, the Falcons, the Bengals. No, no, they lost again, did they? The Bengals lost again. I'm Some sorry. things never change. All right, we'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Gulfport Home Center brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. The largest inventory of new and used manufactured housing located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. 
Well, Andrew Stein, a freshman kicker for Southern Miss uh, with his 13 points uh, this past Saturday, named the Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Week. Stein converted field goals of 35, 44, and 25, 15 of 18 on the season now, and uh, his kickoffs were uh, were very good, too, three touchbacks on Saturday. So congratulations to freshman uh, kicker Andrew Stein, Conference USA Special Teams Player of the Week. Lady Eagle Tennis down in Tallahassee uh, this past weekend uh, on Saturday, winning five of their six matches and finishing uh, their fall play at the Seminole All-Conference Showdown. Lady Eagle basketball team was uh, up in Starkville, uh, fell to the Lady Bulldogs um, by a score of 91-258. Chantel, Chante Hales uh, leading the Golden Eagles, uh, Lady Eagles, uh, with some points there up in Starkville. The men, on the other hand, uh, had a chance to win. And Kelly, I want to talk to you uh, about this one um, for a minute. South Alabama 75, Southern Miss 69. Golden Eagles had a chance um, late in the game. Uh, Jack Donmey, again, 18 uh, points, 9 rebounds. Uh, Leonard Harper-Baker, 12 points, 14 rebounds. Last year, the strength uh, was was the backcourt. It seems like, man, down low is going to be a positive uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a plus for the Golden Eagles this year. And you had a chance to win. South Alabama's the preseason uh, Sunbelt they're they're looking for them to be the best team in the Sun Belt. Um, your, your thoughts about how uh, the Golden Eagles are, are looking early on? Well, Kanatsuka is going to be tougher than people think underneath um, the the kid we got from overseas, and uh, so it'll be the, and that'll be an element that that the Eagles really haven't had you know consistently in a while. It's tough really to gauge this early on because when teams are obviously playing this time of year, but they'll usually play if they're lucky maybe one game a week. You know, when after the when the calendar changes, then you start playing your two and three games a week. You get into conference play, so it's tough to really kind of to develop any type of momentum. You know, uh, going forward. But the fact that they competed at South Al and that the Jags are expected to to finish in the elite of uh, of the Sun Belt, you know, can it can only be good things. Of course, the problem now that the Eagles are going to run into is they're they're playing just these brutal brutal nationally ranked teams you know going forward so you hope that they don't get discouraged and uh, just stay focused on on trying to get better and again they can only go up according to the preseason projections they're they're picked to finish dead last in conference usa so even if they finish you know 11th out of 14 you'd have to consider that to, to be a plus if i can look for just a second i want to go back to the point you made about uh, andrew stein the kicker um you know and and you as a as a kicker can kind of comment on this too there are some schools at the division one level that just don't even believe in giving necessarily uh kickers scholarships you know they go man they're they're a dime a dozen you you can find kickers anywhere but i have long argued that uh you never you never realize how important a kicker is until you have a bad one um so and and so i think this kid's a freshman stein and so he's got three years left on his contract so to speak man it sounds like Sounds like that was a really good find for Southern Miss and not phased at all in his freshman year. Yeah, the, the strategy when, when I was there under Coach Bauer, what they would do is they would basically have a, a three-year starter, and then when he was going into his junior or senior year, they would either uh, have a preferred walk-on and the next guy would come, he would earn his scholarship. It happened with like three or four guys before me. When I came in, they signed Darren McCaleb my sophomore year. He kicked as a freshman. The next year they signed Barefoot, and really – 
they signed Justin Estes after that. Coach Bauer really started signing uh, kickers. McCaleb was really one of the first ones from there. He was like a three-time All-American. Uh, barefoot was good. He actually converted, you know, to be a punter. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at what Stein's doing, it's not only. Uh, with the field goals. His kickoffs are really good for a true freshman. One of the key plays the other day was uh, after we got that safety, it wasn't the greatest kick. It was a line drive, but it got a big hop. And, and we went from kicking at the 20-yard line to pinning UAB inside the five-yard line. Um, so Andrew Stein has been, I think he's the name on this team this year that nobody's really talking about. Um, but he's kind of some glue that has, has allowed us to, to be able to stay in games or to be able to convert down the stretch. So uh, whoever found him on the recruiting chill, props to that. May talk a a little about this more tomorrow. Um, The Saints fall yesterday. uh, Just a sloppy game. Penalties. Uh, they couldn't really do much. Uh, Breeze completed 35 passes, uh, but but the Saints did not look good yesterday against the Falcons. You know, we've talked about how uh, other teams have other teams' numbers. You know, the UAB, Southern Miss in particular, you know, last week. The Falcons just have always had the Saints' number, haven't they? It's, it's uncanny. And when you look at those records, the Saints, I mean, the Saints were an 11.5-point pick, I think, going into that game and got demolished at home and the Saints haven't even played the the Panthers yet you know they've still got they've got some some uh, division games coming up now with Tampa and I think then Carolina game one and and if you're the Saints doggone you want to lock down that number one seed in the NFC so you get home field advantage against some really good competition so you hope that they won't slip up from here on out Oh, it would be nice. would really be nice. Hey, if you're out there listening, go on Twitter and look on Jeremy Pruitt, the head coach of Tennessee, Friday. Uh, Tennessee's been hitting this uh, to the top. Make your voice heard on social media. Um, that's our thing, and it's been our thing since 1955. So uh, we'll end that way, and maybe the people in Knoxville will hear us. Same time tomorrow, and as always, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. Into the future I want to fly like an eagle To the sea Fly like an eagle Let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle Till I'm free Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.